Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Scouser Podcast. I am your host, as always, Timuchin, here in Chicago, and we're both doing the red thing today. We even, like, changed the bubbles to reds uh, by mistake, I think, but it is what it is. Uh, Galley is with us. Galley, what's happening? Oh, you know, same old, same old. It's a red world, clearly, but I think we do have to fix the bubbles. I know how to do that. I'm going to do it on the fly because it's going to drive me crazy. Really? The red bubbles? The little red? I don't mind the red, actually. It's not too shabby. But hey, you go no, for then it. Let's keep them. Let's keep them then. <laughs> red it is. Rebel. I mean, it is American Scouser, and we are basically everything in red. So it would be smart to brand yeah. this thing, son of a bitches. So uh, accidents <laughs> accidents have been delivered. You're welcome, listeners. Oh, BJ says, greetings from the path of Hurricane Ian. Yes, uh, be safe out there. I hear it's getting worse and worse. And I was, uh, believe it or not, I was just working out. I know it doesn't look like that. But, you know, the camera makes you look 50 pounds heavier, Gally. You know how it is. Uh, and um, now you. Absolutely. Somehow it makes you look 50 pounds less. But <laughs> Yeah, I know. One of these days, I'll figure out a way to get 50 pounds oh, other you know, than the horse working out, They have all these TVs over there. And they had all these people, like, outside, like, in the rain or the wind, like, giving reports and stuff like that so i i couldn't hear it but it looked bad that's for sure and i hear it's supposed to be back so stay safe out there bj paul bickler as always should be here on the podcast uh he's running a little late something along the lines of helping an old lady cross the street or something like that he said the message that we couldn't decipher with galley over here uh but he's on the way he will be with us in no time i think he's just trying to avoids uh the the trivia section but who can't play this game alan is with us as always alan how is it going uh when you <laughs> i knew we were screwed says bj yeah it's uh like i say it does not look good but yep and alan says bickler late again yes uh well that's bickler bickler usually you know galley knows bickler usually appears like 32 45 seconds before we go on live and makes it look like he's early uh today yeah. he couldn't even muster that so but this gives us an opportunity because i figure once i say national games and u.s national team you can probably take us and cruise us for like 30 minutes over here easily ranting about the game against japan so throat cleared ready to go and go <laughs> all right people You've heard me before. The manager is an absolute ass. The team has no tactical awareness, has no setup, and there is no plan B. I'd question whether or not plan A is actually part of the equation either. My biggest issue with the national team is the overall setup and the fact that it doesn't play to our own strengths. I still don't know that he's settled on the top line. He refuses to call in Brooks. I know he's always injured, but the guy was starting in the Champions League less than three seasons ago. He's by far the most the most uh, decorated center back we have. And his idea was to get ready for a World Cup and show up with two fucking MLS defenders at central defense. And I'm sorry, I've defended, um, you know, I've defended the MLS at times here, but I, I just, I can't. I can't anymore with these tactics. I can't. You played Japan and you showed up and acted as if you had never seen Japan play before. They only play one style and we played right into it. And for them not to get a single shot on goal over a 90 minute match in what is your last preparation of a real competitive match prior to the World Cup is an absolute joke. I said it in the Discord channel and I'm going to stick to it. 
Seven points wins that group for Wales. Wales advances number one in our group. I don't know if England gets through it or not, but that England team can't get out of their own way either, and they look terrible. And I think Wales genuinely wins that group, and both Southgate Southgate and Burhalter will be out of a job by New Year's Day, God willing, for both countries. And you know, Ellis is Gally take a deep breath. Yeah, I knew Gally would be like when I saw the score, and I kind of like I didn't watch the game, but I read some of the comments. And you know, mind you, like Turkey had like a miserable break as well. But that's at least I gave some of it to they had zero to play for, they had already guaranteed winning this crappy uh, C group or whatever. So they kind of played like it, nobody acted like they wanted to be there. A lot of selection questions, and that's what I kind of wanted to uh, get to and talk a lot about that uh, today. I think it will bring us to, God knows, any freaking national team. It sounds like the U.S. team, for one. You just mentioned a bunch right there. England um, has it. Uh, Turkey has it. Uh, we were talking with Polish Prince uh, Mateusz this morning. Uh, he sees it occasionally in Poland. So here is the question, and I'm sure like Bickler will join us shortly. I don't want to ask him that too. So you are the national team coach, Gally, and can't be worse, right? Can't be worse than what we got going right now. No, uh, for no he's not qualified. <laughs> he, he he was a poor MLS manager. Like again, I, it just makes no sense. They had an opportunity to hire someone. They could have hired an international coach. I know they got scared off by Klinsman, but it wasn't. He wasn't the wrong hire. He was hired at the wrong time. It's what they need. They have young players with talent. Young players. The best group of American players ever collected is right now. It really is. They easily, have the yeah, highest easily. talent. And, and with a few players, you know, pick a keeper. Pick a number nine and build your tactics around them. Instead, he just rotates everything and has no midfield. And they either press or they don't. And they just and, – and, you know, and once again – Fucking the sick note shows up for an international match and he's not in the goddamn roster. How is Pulisic not playing? Oh, wait, he got a knock. The dude's he got a knock, dude. He, he was knocked. reading his own book. He was writing, oh. signing books. He heard his God. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you're the national team coach. So you will have to have a lot better temperament than, oh, hey, look who's here. Speaking of having a more normal temperament, the worst guy to show up. And so, Bickler, thanks for joining us, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, uh, helping old ladies cross the streets or whatever you were doing. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I was doing, I was helping old ladies and uh, disciplining 12 year olds who think that they're old enough to vape. Um, yes. And, and, and All right. answer, and All right. <laughs> so, honestly, my uh, rant about fucking Greg Brohalter isn't nearly as probably important or poignant on the conversation you had to have in the last hour uh, with not only your 12-year-old, but... So good timing there, Bickler, because here's the question Like I want to ask you guys. So I'm putting you guys... Alan says, hello, Bickler, you're late again. Little, Like I say, little does... We already told everybody that you're well, always late. It's not our fault that Alan gets here before the three of us. <laughs> Okay, here's I, do, the question. So I love like, this narrative that I'm always late, though. This is like the whole Trent can't defend thing. I appreciate it. 
Well, it's right up there. Facts. Gally knows. So you guys, I'm going to make you guys national team coaches. And here's what I want to ask you guys. Gally, we'll start with you since you were on time. Um, do you pick on form or do you build a team and kind of like regularly call the same guys because you're trying to establish familiarity? So I think you have to select from the same pool of players over a consistent period of time. But I think you can use form and who's playing as, as a barometer. So I think if you had a pool of 40 players or 28 players that you consider in the national team setup, I think it's okay to rotate that in and out for specific tournaments based on form, based on tactics, especially if you're trying to implement a new style in the way that Burhalter really has over the last, well, however long he's been there. And it's, there's no style. It's non-substance. Um, so in his case, I think you have to go to the well and just keep trying different things because ain't shit worked. Not one single thing he's done since taking over has worked because we've not seen any step forward. I think in England's case, it is a little different because I think in England's case, you have two longstanding runs to deep runs in major tournaments where they feel like they're knocking on the step. And with that, I think, I think what Southgate does is he picks based on form, but he has a profile. And I think my issue with Southgate is, is your form can get you out of Southgate's plans, but playing great will never get you into his plans. If he didn't already have you there, you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. That's what I want to get to. I mean, because it's not only Southgate and it's not only U.S. Like, oh. this happens to a lot of national teams. It happened in Turkey just, like, this weekend. And that's what I want to, like, ask you guys. Like, for example, Bickler, I mean, it's shocking to me to see players who are not playing for their teams, their club teams, then go ahead and start for the national team. And I understand you're trying to build a team familiarity. You're kind of trying to keep the roster and build it and stuff like that. But if you're a professional soccer player, not currently on the roster, doesn't that tell you, I mean, wouldn't you get frustrated as fuck saying, what the hell? I mean, how is that guy there? I'm kicking ass over here. I'm on like the peak of my form and I cannot get in there. So I don't, I don't think I'd have a problem with it if there was some consistency between how you make the squad and how you play the squad. Like, it's like they start these guys that aren't playing on that, like consistently playing on their, on their club teams, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you have to be playing for a top club team to actually make it onto the squad, which makes no sense to me. Like, you can't, to me, it, like there's a huge inconsistency between the two. For me, if if I'm a if I'm a manager, I'm playing on form. I want my players that are playing the best to be playing. And I think that mm -hmm. if you're pulling to to Galley's point, if you if you have a pool of players, then you should be able to pull from form because they should be familiar with each other at that point. Um, and I think I think the U.S. thing is just a whole new. That's a whole different ball of wax. To me, the problem with the national team setup in this country is there's no identity from top to bottom, from the youth setup all the way up. And I think we're a young enough country from a footballing standpoint that like you can't allow you can't allow talent to dictate how you set up tactically and how you set up like from a formation standpoint, but you can still build a brand and identity from the floor up, starting with the kids. And we've never done that in this country. What do you think of that, Galley? I mean, if I'm a player playing on another team and I'm not being selected, and I'm having, like, an awesome season, wouldn't – I mean, if you're a center back, let's say, let's say – let's stick with England here. 
uh, you're a center back, and then you turn around and see Maguire out there, and then you see what Maguire does today on top of it, wouldn't you be frustrated out of your mind? Yes, but I mean, who are we talking? Are we talking Gomez not playing, sitting on a bench for 18 months? I mean, are we talking play, Tyrone right? I mean, here's the thing. You're still giving a, Cody? a chance that, you know, probably doesn't deserve it. Obviously, clearly is not good enough to – doesn't somebody else deserve that opportunity? And I guess England in some ways is getting ready for the World Cup, and you might be thinking ahead saying, okay, these are the people I'm going to take to the World Cup. And, you know, those are like my leaders or whatever. I mean, Henderson was there. Obviously, he's not having like the, the best season. He's had some issues and stuff like that as well. So I understand the thinking behind it. But you see this over and over again, not only in England, not only in the U.S. and national teams. I'm just like frustrated on the behalf of other players who do not get that opportunity for to get the call up while these guys are there just because... Well, they're always there. Or it's like a, like uh, we were talking about in the morning coffee show this morning with uh, Matush, and Matush was talking about, you know, it's almost like a little bit of the, the popularity contest. Yeah, I, I, I guess where I struggle with the Maguire thing is, is we knew he was going to be on that roster. He's made, what is it, 22 competitive starts in a row for England, I think, like in actual matches that matter. So he's going to start the first game of the World Cup. You're crazy if you think he's not like he, he's going to start. It's it. I mean, especially now with Jones, I mean, with stones hurt and it looked like he did his hamstring. So he may, I mean, if it's a bad one, he could miss the world cup. So, you know, England took a big hit today. I, who did, I guess my thing is who plays you, you, you trot out Tyrone Mings. He's looked terrible in the English. But I'm setup. just and saying in general, like I'm not saying, you know, I'm not just picking on Maguire. Like he's just one incident. You had Shaw playing left back who doesn't start for his team. You know, like, the, and I'm not just saying like England. I'm just saying in general, this happens in a lot of national teams across the board. Somehow these guys, some of these guys get like grandfathered in and it does not open the door for other players to be able to kind of like make their way in. It's almost like every time there's a lottery, they're like, we're taking this new guy in there. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And I wasn't trying to, I, I think in the United case, it's a little different. They've played four competitive matches, had two canceled and they have a brand new head coach. So, you know, See, I think if, I think if, if, you know, I think in that instance, I think where Southgate looks at it is, is he, it's not like Jurgen Klopp decided to put Trent on the bench and then Southgate says, well, I'm not going to bring him in. He's not starting for his club anymore. It's a brand new manager. I, I, I kind of understand the Shaw one. I can see that. But I do go back to, is there a better option? Like, is there a better left back that England has at their disposal that they actually want to see with six weeks to go before the World Cup? I think if this was midsummer or the World Cup was next summer, all of these would be vital questions. But I think with the World Cup being eight weeks away, I think you dance with who got you here to steal the old adage. And he's bringing the people, he's playing the people today that he plans to dance with whether or not that will go well or not for him. I mean, I've already predicted they don't win the group. So, you know, I'm pretty down on England. So, you know, I, I, I think Southgate's of, on his way out, in my opinion. a lot of Maguire is, dancing, I'm sure, in the World Cup. I mean, because that kind of brings us to the Trent conversation. Obviously, he was taken out of the squad. He didn't make the game squad today. Uh, what do you think about that, Bickler? Is that kind of like a right? It's kind of hard to make a case for Trent based on form. But if we're going back to what we're talking about, 
in terms of you know players who have the potential and who have been there along the way, isn't it odd that he gets kind of like left out, slightly booted out? Yeah, especially with how vehemently the majority of people seem to think that James is better at defending than Trent as, which makes absolutely zero sense to me. Like, you know, I don't know. I think, I mean, that's a tough one for Trent. His form definitely doesn't help him, but then we're back to form, right? I mean, Southgate doesn't play on form. So, like, what's the argument there? You know, like, and if you don't think he's a good enough defender, why bring him? Like, you know, like, I, it doesn't make sense all around to me. If you're starting for creativity and you don't need defense anyway, like he seems like the shoe into me. Um, I mean, hopefully this only makes him hungrier. Uh, I don't mind the fact that he's not starting there. Uh, I just, none of that makes sense from a, a setup point for me in terms of what he's doing there, but it, it usually doesn't. Um, I, I think I'm not sure England won't overachieve again. I'm not as down on them as Galley. I just think that like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand their setup at all. I think the McGuire thing is really crazy. I think it's weird how how awful he's across the board. And then, like the last two major tournaments they've had with him in the setup, he's actually arguably been, been their best player. So, I mean, it, it, there's there's so many weird dichotomies in the in the the England squad. Um, I think I think the Trent argument's a weird one to me because, like, I mean, I just had this like argument. I, I've had far too many online arguments that I just don't need to have where people are like, do you not understand? Like you say like, Hey, like we don't necessarily ask for him to defend. And like people, people like freak out and are like, how can you say that about a defender? I'm like, well, I mean, you obviously haven't watched Liverpool football because like we asked Bobby Firmino to play striker, but we don't rely on him for goals. Right. So like, it's the same thing just because he's a defender doesn't mean that we're asking for him to sit back and defend all the time. We're not expecting that. Um, in fact, on the counter, you can you can forget about it. So I think it's interesting how many people feel so strongly about that argument in the England squad, but have like admittedly not watched much football beyond their own team, which is a weird thing to me. It's weird that people follow their clubs, but don't follow what's happening with other clubs. What do you think about the whole Trent ordeal? I mean, I've been critical of his defending, not only in terms of positioning, but more like lack of focus and at times lack of hustle. I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before. I, there are specific goals we've conceded where he has not hustled. And by the time he realized, oh, shit, I could have been there, and he started the hustle, it was too freaking late and it get there. United game, Napoli game, Ajax. I mean, goal after goal, this has happened. So that's my criticism of him more than – I think you're right, Bickler. Some of the criticism he gets for defending is his positioning or he's not there. Well, he's not supposed to be there. He's supposed to be – you know, we want him somewhere else. But – do you think Galley this kind of like kind of kicks him in the butt to have like a great October? Because that's, I mean, he obviously is still in the fringe and the World Cup squad is a bit larger to go there. Uh, so does that kind of like an incentive for him to kick some ass in October? I, I think it is. I, I don't, I believe he'll be on that roster. I think he's on the plane to Qatar no matter what. Because I think Southgate's not going to chance not bringing him, even if he doesn't dress him and gives him one of the three, you know, reserve type seats. Um, I, I think he gets so much flack. There are a few players that are like every time the team comes out, right? The first people people go for is was Trent included in it or not? You know, was he called up? Because they know that he doesn't get the starts. I mean, it's ridiculous. The stats of like how much better they play when he plays, but he's had like, 
74 caps and has played like six full 90 minute matches. Like he doesn't get minutes. The guy does not rate him as a footballer. Like, I don't think there's any other way to look at it, whether he's right or wrong for his tactics and for his setup. He doesn't rate him. He thinks he's third choice, you know, behind James and Trippier, to be honest. And at times he'll play Trippier on the left. And I think one of the things that hurts Trent is the fact that part of the reason you bring him is maybe to have his dead ball taking his, you know, free kicks. But those will probably go to Trippier anyways if he's on the pitch. So I just really don't see where Trent finds a way into this England setup. But I don't think we'll get lucky enough to have him left off the roster. But I question whether or not that would motivate him as much as it could really hurt him mentally if he were to miss this World Cup. He is in his prime, and he's arguably the best right back in the world. And he's playing on one of the sides that is, I think they're the betting favorite, right? To win the World Cup right now. So the idea that he would be okay with being left off and that would motivate him to have a great second half. Trent has showed me a lot of pout in him, unfortunately, in his short career. He looks like a guy who gets lost in between here sometimes. And we talk about the mental side of it. I don't love the, uh, the idea of the prospect of him not making the World Cup and it being the thing that galvanizes the rest of his campaign. Not sure that's what gets him back on track. Well, Ellen has me playing center back in the World Cup, and Jamie says me in a red shirt. Clip it, really? I never wear red. I I wear red shirts. You know, you might be fine, Dimitri, and only if they play a back three, though. Why is that, dude? There's no way I'm playing back three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna bring uh, sweeper back. Gonna bring sexy back. Uh, Trent won't play in the World Cup, and I'm so happy. Says Ellen will not. Will like neither will Henderson. See, here's the question, and I, you kind of like mentioned a little bit, Gally. So let me ask you this, Bickler. In an international break for a qualifier game and stuff like that, I think in a selfish kind of way, uh, thinking of the club, I do not want these guys, you know, going away to their teams. But I think in a scenario like this in a World Cup, I almost don't mind it as much. While, you know, like having Mo not go there and kind of like get rest might help us in the second run. I feel like, you know, if we really care about these guys as our players, you know they want to be there. This is the World Cup. They might not give a damn if they don't play against, I don't know, freaking Serbia, like a friendly or some shit like that. They might be able to shrug that off. But World Cup, something that's this big, happens once every four years, but never in winter. Um, what do you think, Bickler? I mean, are you on the same boat with that? Like, do you want him to go, ideally? Do you root for our players to be going to the World Cup? Yeah, I want him to miss the bus on international friendlies. I want him to start and be man of the match in the World Cup. Like, I want these guys, like, I want our own to have career moments in the World Cup, show out for their country. I want these guys to have fulfilling careers, and I want, you know, obviously the best for them. So, yeah, I want him to play – I want him to play outstanding and, and really kill it in big spots and in international competitions. I just don't want to risk or see any of that for friendlies during the club comp, during the club year. How about you, Gally? Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I want all of our players to go. One, I love watching them play. I like seeing them play with their countries and seeing them play in different styles and formats and formations. It gives us ideas. And I think that there is some real value in kicking on. I mean, I'd say that Monaco was pretty happy when 
James uh, Rodriguez went and destroyed that World Cup and then came back and helped lead that team to the Champions League semifinals. And then they went and, you know, fleeced Real Madrid for a absorbent fee for him. So I'm all for it. And, you know, there's a few of our players. Like, I would love Uruguay to do well. I would love Darwin Nunez to become a hero in his country as a young kid and come back with all that confidence of going on the world stage and, and showing that he can show out. And I, and, and maybe that is what helps kickstart his career. You know, would I like to see Tiago wrapped in wool if they decide to take him for Spain? Yes. I'm hoping they'll leave him off the roster. I'm not sure they will. Cause I think they see what we see and that Tiago could come in and make a real impact if Spain needs it. But you know, Maybe some of the injured guys and the older guys, you know, it's nice to see them kind of wrap up their international career. But as long as Jordan Henderson is saying, I want, I'm available for selection. I want the guy to get picked because I know his heart will be broken if it isn't. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest part. Like you kind of know that they would take it really hard if they didn't get to go there. That's a torturous month of watching your country play in the world cup and you're not there. And you had a shot to be there. It's not like, you know, like you didn't have any shots. You were in like the championship or something like that. But so, I mean, overall, I would say this break has been pretty good for us, Pickler, in terms of like how much playing time these guys got. I mean, Mo came early. Some of these guys did not play at all. I mean, Henderson makes like a, you know, like a cameo appearance today. I think he was like, you know, more taken as, you know, the co-captain, like he's going to be there in the World Cup and stuff like that. So, does that help us, Pickler, in as we go into October? Because I feel like the guys who got playing time are guys that we would want to get playing time and can kind of use that playing time, like Nunez and not cost us and stuff like that. And whereas some guys that we would rather have get some rest, like Robertson, Henderson, uh, even Trent, and um, uh, like Mo did not. Yeah, man, I think it's good. I think there's a fine line between rest and rust, right? So I think I think it's good for for the guys that got playing time to get playing time. Uh, I think it's good mentally to get a little little bit of a break from the club situation and, and look at internationals too, um, especially for Liverpool right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think all in all, like the situation with the clean the queen um, and, and going into this break, I think was a well needed break. Uh, for the squad in general. How about you, Gally? I mean, does this help us? I mean, we were kind of like talking about it this morning with Matusha as well on the morning show that we normally tend to come back looking like crap after international breaks, especially when these guys... But that's usually when these guys play a lot. Is this going to be different just because they got they didn't get worn down as much? I mean, I hope so, but honestly, at this point, can we honestly say until they show up and string three good performances together in a week and look like the club we got so used to looking at for the last two years, can we honestly say like we have any idea what to expect at 10.01 when the balls fly against Brighton on Saturday? Honestly, they could drub Brighton 5-0 and literally moonwalk backwards up and down the pitch and like come out chest thumping and I'd be like, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Or they could go out there and lose three nil, be absolutely disinterested. Trent could have two howlers early and we'd be like, didn't think they could do this again. Like, I just feel like they're so Jekyll and Hyde right now. It's, it's a proof is in the pudding moment. Like they, they, they kind of hit a crossroads. Paul's right. This break helped. Um, 
It didn't help my sanity. I miss the football. I miss this team, even when they're driving me crazy. I want it to watch. I want it them to have matches. But I understand why they couldn't play them. And we're probably lucky, as tough as it's going to be to reschedule that Chelsea match. Other than the fact that you're getting them in Grand Potter's like big debut, probably against the top side. I didn't feel good going into that match, no matter what. And I wouldn't have felt well about it having it happen in those circumstances as well with all the stuff going on surrounding the queen. So I think it's better that that kind of gets pushed out into the ether somewhere and we'll just find a date and hopefully uh, our side's in a much better place. Yeah, I agree. I was almost semi-happy that that Chelsea game got canceled too. Um, I mean, it would be... You could look at it both ways, I guess. It would have been a good time to get them while they're in transition and kind of like trying to figure things out. Because I, But we don't know if Potter is going to be able to make the same impact he did in Brighton. Gut feeling right now, Bickler? Does he turn that team around? Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, I love watching Brighton play and I love what he's done in Brighton. But when we're into that, these top clubs, it's, not, it's more than tactical management it's a lot of man management do you think i think he has i think he has the ability to i think he has the football mind to do it i think he has the iq to do it i think he has the personality to do it my one concern well slash hope is that he he's he's not going to get the time that he needs because i think that he i think that from a from a personnel standpoint in terms of players they're all over the place all over the place. I think they bought a lot of players from different systems that fit in very differently across the board, and I don't think they've sorted it. They bought 15 midfielders and three windows and don't know how to play them. Like, period. Like, like they, they have some big, big-time issues. They, they're, and I think, I think we're going to find out how, how good they are defensively and how much of that was too Tuchel? I, I I personally don't think they're that good defensively. I think they just set up for it, and and like the flip side of that is they struggled offensively. So will they improve offensively, and will that cost them on the back end? I don't know. That's that's the direction I see it going. But to me, they have. To me, he needs probably three or four windows to sort them out from a player standpoint, which is ridiculous considering the quality they have in that team. But I think they have a lot of issues. Like I, I see a lot of parts that are loose ends. Um, it's just my opinion. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I, I to me, like he, he's going to need some time. I just don't know he's going to get it. Real quick, Gally, you're a big Parker fan. Not a, I mean, Potter fan, not a big Parker fan. Um, no, I'm not a big Parker fan. That's a slip right there, let me tell you. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of the outfits, just not the managing. Uh, I think Potter will succeed there. I actually believe, like Paul, he needs some time. The difference is, is I think Todd Bowley will give him time. And that's why. I, I This isn't Abramovich. And, you know, Bowley stuck around with – the dope in the managing dugout for the Dodgers after he basically lost two world series on his own and basically stuck with them. Cause he knew the players liked him. And Astros cheated. That sense. doesn't count. Uh, that's true. They did. Cheat, not but baseball, Dodgers really. were still bad enough to lose. Did you um, know that you can cheat in baseball and win a world, se- a championship, a world series and, and nobody really cares. <laughs> yeah. Except for opponents, opposing <laughs> fans. Um, yeah. But it, in all seriousness, I think he will get the time. I and, and I think that they know that there's rot. 
there's some guys there. We'll be shocked. There are some guys like the reports are he basically has told Havertz he is like out. He's done. He has no need for him in his setup. There's no need for a big, you know, six foot four guy who's going to play as a number 10 and not actually create or score through the center when he plays there. I mean, there are some people that believes that he started Kepa in the Champions League first match because he plans to play Kepa over Mendy. Like, I think he's actually planning to make changes there. And I think you don't go in doing that unless you were told you got time. I mean, he started Aspilicueta for a reason. He wanted his captain on the field, to Paul's point. He wants his best players, not the best names. And I think that's where Tuchel got caught up. It'll be interesting at how bad Aubameyang is. It'll be interesting to me, like, will Sterling catch on because he started to look good? But they still have Mason Mount. They still have Reese James. I like Cucurella. I like Chilwell. I think he figures out a way to play both of them at once probably by playing Cucurella in the back three and in an actual left back instead of the wing back role, like he did at Brighton at times to play Lamptey. So I, I actually think he has the mindset to succeed and they took a big gamble hiring him at, at Chelsea, getting a guy with no pedigree. And I think you have, if you take that type of gamble, you got to give the guy time. And I, I actually think they're going to, I hope it fails. I kind of think it's going to work. Yeah, I hope it fails as well. And I'm kind of like really questioned because, yeah, I mean, he might have been told he's going to have time. But how many times have we heard that? They're like, oh, you got our vote of confidence. Keep going. And then like a week later, they're like, hey, by the way, you're fired. Man, I'm getting hammered today by the audience. Alan says, Smoochin, you've been drinking. And no, not yet. Shortly. About to start. That's uh, my job. There'll be a lot of drinking in October, the way it's going. The schedule is how much will I have to drink, Bickler? How much, what kind of an October are you expecting? I'm not even a big drinker, but uh, water, Propel. This show is brought to you by Propel. Um, so, how much uh, drinking of Propel or other alcoholic drinks will we need to consume, Bickler, in October? Like, what are you expecting? I think we have a lot more guys back, so we'll kind of like start going into the Brighton lineup and stuff like that. But with the Champions League kind of games coming, it's going to be a huge October. And I think for any club, any team that has a good October is really going to like kind of like jump into after the World Cup thing. Otherwise, you're spending a month and a half. There's going to be a lot of drama talk if you don't have a good October. What do you expect? You got to hate this answer, but like it's impossible to tell. Like, I mean, Galley is right. This team is completely yeah, <laughs> Here's my problem. Like, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to, they just got to shake it off. They'll pull out of this. You know, I'm not so sure they will. Like, what have we seen that has indicated to us that we, I mean, we had one match where we came out on the front foot. One match where we came out on the front foot. I just, I, I'm not so sure. It's not going to be a long year. Um, I, I hope I'm right, and I hope that our players are not broken and run into the ground, and that this is just there's gonna it's gonna take some time. I, I because we don't have it. We don't if we come out and we don't hit the ground running, it's it slides out on the league. I mean, I think everything else is collateral. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I hope I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping this little break uh, allowed us to to work on some things. But not only from – I think there's two big pieces. I think the rest thing, the fatigue thing is a piece. 
but there needed to be some major, major changes tactically. And, and, and I just, I think that's the part that I don't have enough confidence in. I don't have confidence in the fact that Jurgen is committed to making any sort of uh, noticeable changes outside of what he already knows as a system. God damn, that was like a hard liquor commercial. Um, thanks, Bickler. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Anytime you need to come to Brett, I'm telling you, I'm right here for you, buddy. So, I'm telling I guess, you, that was brought to you by depression. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So like, let's uh, okay, let's try to shake that off. Um, Gally, I guess the thing that's going for me in my positivity, and which you know, this doesn't happen a lot, is we saw what a difference it can be when you have Thiago and Matip back in that Ajax game. And even though, you know, it wasn't like we didn't blow them up, you can kind of tell how a few change pieces can affect the entire team overall. I Do you think with Thiago now having even more rest and more practice, um, Matip, Konate is on the way back. Uh, obviously, Hendo is back. Uh, do we think all these guys coming back will kind of help Kind of like jumpstart things. If you're asking me, will it help to have four of your quality players available <laughs> rather than not? Ooh, will it make enough of a difference? I'll go, yes. Do um, I put the bottom of Barca down? <laughs> well, but where I come back to is, and this is to Paul's point, you know, I was saying this last year. This started around like April of last year. Like, like we stopped playing well. At the end of last season, we were, we literally dragged it to the finish line. And I know we won every match and we got the crazy late goals and we got, you know, we, we won all the, the cup finals, nil, nil on penalties. And, you know, and we went to the Champions League final. We didn't play well in any of really, I mean, maybe the Chelsea League Cup, we played pretty well. We created opportunities. We didn't play great in the FA Cup final. That looked like an ass out tired team with guys that are afraid to get hurt before the Champions League final the following week. They didn't look, you know, they weren't great against Wolves. They weren't great down the stretch of the Premier League. Mo hasn't looked himself since AFCON. And to be honest, it, it took lightning in a bottle, really moving Sadio into the middle, changing up the tactics to Paul's point completely. And Luis Diaz coming in and being an absolute, you know, shot in the arm, the side needed. And I... I you know, I'm, I'm kind of with Paul on this. I, I worry that, I worry that, you know, everyone says, well, it can't just be the Jurgen Klopp seven-year thing. That is just tired and true. Well, it happened twice before. Like, it happened in year seven at Mainz, and it happened in year seven at Dortmund. I mean, he walked away from Dortmund. They were in the relegation zone, and it looked like they were going to be relegated. And the reason he walked away was he flat out said, my message is no longer working. They're not listening to me. I don't believe that's the case here. But I do believe that there is something that is not letting what his ideas aren't able to be operated and, and, and brought to, aren't being able to be applied on the pitch by the players. And that is either they've checked out of it, they believe in it less, or they don't physically have the legs to do the job. And people have been saying in all kinds of circles that we roam with a small squad and we're not investing and we're not 
kicking on. And the one thing Ferguson did every year that they were winning was buy players to keep forcing competition and forcing new blood in the club and out of the club. And you guys have heard me say it. I got frustrated with the no player has to leave until they want to leave. And at some point you have to be more ruthless. And I think we've allowed players to become dead weight here. They don't offer anything. I think that makes trainings more stagnant. I think it's actually hurt the actual build of this team. Will we get better with Kanate and Matip and Tiago and Hendo? Of course we will. You know what else would be better? If Mo put the ball in the net, the $90 million striker looked like he fit, and we had a backup for anyone in the front three. But, but don't worry. You know We're going to spend all this money next year. But we're not. So, like, shit, this team like, isn't built to win now. Here, man. It's okay, just, you guys are not we got to be real. Talk. Okay, so let's go back to you, Bickler, <laughs> as, as I take out some shot glasses. Um, so, do you think this break over here will have Klopp make any technical changes at all? Or are we just going to rely on the fact that, you know, all these names that Galli mentioned plus you know like obviously like jota and everybody like that is going to be back healthier have practiced more and we're going to rely on the fact that if we have the legs and if we have the bodies to do it the tactics are still there it's just a matter of need more efficiency or do you think he tweaks anything using or do we have to wait for the world cup for something like that to even happen knowing club <clears throat> my suspicion is that any tactical tweak that we see is going to be a result of personal available, not a conscious decision to make a tactical tweak. If that makes sense. Like if we see this weird situation, like if we get this corrected situation where we stop playing Mo so up high and out, out wide and, and isolated it will be because Harvey Elliott isn't starting in the role in midfield, not because he wants to make a tactical adjustment. If that makes sense. Um, I think that any, like, and, and I think maybe that's my frustration too. Like, like, so if, if we needed to make that tweak to make Harvey make sense in that role, maybe Harvey didn't need to be starting those matches. Like exactly. that's my frustration. Um, and so, I mean, I think we're going to find out real quick. Um, there has to be some tactical changes. There has to be, or we're not going to get results. Do you think? And, it's, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but since you mentioned Harvey, I want to ask you this real quick. I mean, do you think it's just a matter of Harvey? Because we had Harvey in the beginning of last season too, but maybe the second midfielder stood in that position better to help Harvey as opposed to kind of like leaving. We had that last well. year, but we also had Henderson, and I That's think that yeah. Henderson is not. He's not the same player anymore. And that's that's where this gets really scary for me. It's like if Harvey moves out because we have a healthy Jordan Henderson, I don't know that a healthy Jordan Henderson now can still do the things that we needed him to do to allow Trent to not be completely exposed. And this just goes back to the summer. Like I told you, if we don't add a quality midfielder, not one but two quality midfielders – for me, the window's an automatic C or lower, period, no matter who we buy. And, like, everybody, like, I remember a lot of people freaked out. were like, oh, that's not true. We're, I mean, and, like, for me, it's just that was the, the bare minimum bottom line. I like Darwin, but to, without midfield additions, it meant nothing to me. And it still means nothing to me. 
And like, I still think we will look back and rue the fact that we didn't have a better plan B for what happened when Chuameni went away. And like, I think we, we had to have known that, you know, even though we made an offer, we had to have known that Jude had to be a long shot plan B. And the money was there for us to have other options. And I think it's really, there is a fundamental breakdown in the back room. And I don't know what it was because for me, like part of me feels like our ownership have, should have forced midfield additions onto Jurgen Klopp. But the other part of me says, we've seen what happens when ownership forces players on Jurgen and he doesn't play them. So is that Arthur Mello? My, my suspicion is it might be, and we might not ever really see him play. Um, but we saw this with, with Kaza. We saw this with other players that were forced on Jurgen. He doesn't play them. They go away. And so like, I don't know what the answer there is other than we should have been on page one from the get going into that summer window because we had years to plan for it. And we knew this was a team that was going through some, that was going to have turnover this summer. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, I think there will be tactical changes. I just don't know if we're going to know whether it's because of the personnel available or because Jurgen has seen a need to make it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, personally, I'm not convinced that Newton is our solution this season, says Alan. And I agree. I mean, I, I think Newton is more for the future than anything else. But if it was up to me, I would have probably rather, you know, if that was only the money that's going to be spent, it was probably better to invest that in midfield and get whoa, whoa. a talky, talky light player forward. We needed to we buy didn't. a striker, period. We, you but you didn't have name. to make the big. If you were gonna make one big signing, if I told you before the season, hey, you have to, you're gonna make, you get one big signing. I don't think you would have picked striker, correct? I I don't know. I mean, you. you just I don't think it was an either or. It, you just. But it I'm wasn't just saying, like, if we had both. one, I mean, if, if the money was going to go one, one I, and you told me I'm getting Bellingham or Bellingham or or I'm getting Tishmeni, yes, but we weren't getting either of them this summer, so. I think they did get, they ended up with the best player they could get. I honestly believe that. And, and I think he is for the future. And I do believe he will come good. I think he, to Paul's point, he has some rough, rough edges. He's going to have some great, great moments of brilliance and he's going to have some struggles. But we needed that buy. None of us were sold on Jota being the number nine, totally through the center all day, every day as you're leading out and out striker. You need, we already don't have cover on the left or the right. And Bobby has been a health risk for a year and a half. So it, it is tough. So, I mean, you couldn't go into the season thinking, well, I know what I can guarantee. I'll pencil in 35 starts for Bobby and Carvalho's not ready. What I don't understand is you go out and buy two players, both in a semi-luxury position in Carvalho and Nunez for the future. And you don't even get me Douglas Luiz. Like you don't even get me a serviceable everyday midfielder. Like Arthur Mello. Did I need well? I'm not I actually don't kill the mellow thing. I don't rate the player. I didn't love him at Barcelona. Oh, I didn't love him at Juventus. Um, I actually think he's gonna play. If you believe Pierce, they say this was always the plan from the day they signed him, that he wasn't gonna make an appearance until after this international break, so he could get the U23 matches under his belt, he could get fitness up. There are some who think he's going to start on Saturday. And that was the whole purpose of his 60 minutes. I do not. But that also is, there's a lot of people out there that think that Tiago's not even fully fit enough to play 90 minutes. So he may not get a start on Saturday. 
you know. Okay, let's get to Saturday then. Let's get some lineups. Who do you? Who are you starting? I feel like Mellow's. You know that stint, which kind of like I say, we can go into that in deep, but it's like meh. Like in terms of why, if it was the right player, why wasn't he ready? He obviously wasn't the right player. It was like an emergency ordeal that just shows that. But of so course. he did this stint, which you got to give credit to them to him. I think he knows this is a way to kind of revive the career after the Barcelona stint. I like the player not as like a, a superstar, but it's a good kind of like a serviceable kind of guy you're asking for, Gally. So yeah, uh, I feel like if anything, he, he might be coming in for Thiago is what I was going to guess. But go ahead with like the lineup maybe, that you're I, guessing. I, I, my lineup obviously is Ali at the back. The back four has to be Matip, Van Dyke, Trent, and uh, Simicast. Obviously, he's going to be playing for a while. Um, sounds like right two three weeks. Jurgen said, uh, "I think I think I don't know if it got updated, but I thought it was just a week. But we'll see. We, we know how that goes." So, I I, I think Simicast will start this match against Brighton. Obviously, I think the midfield, if it's fit, it's Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago. You know, it'll be interesting to see what's going on with Thiago. It'll be interesting to see if he starts Harvey and he just keeps rolling this. You know, I'm putting all my eggs in the 19 year old basket. For me, it's too much pressure. It's too much on the kid too early in his career. He still has too many holes. I'd go with the tried and true. And up top, it would be, for me in this match, I do believe we will see Darwin through the middle with Mo and Diaz on the flanks. How about you, uh, Mickler? You like that lineup? Yeah, I think Har- the only thing that I would say is I think Harvey gets to start. It's just a gut feeling. You know, this is wild, but I kind of feel like we're going to see some weird shit. I, I feel like... <laughs> is this no, the 4-2-3-1? Like, I, I, we finally I, get no, it? No, because I would just change my pants immediately. I think I think it's... I, I could see something like... I honestly could see some shit like Joda left, Mo middle, Diaz on the right. Uh, because Mind blown. We, I like it though. No, we, we really like to do this weird thing where we put Diaz on the right when we don't have a solution. And like, I, I could, right. I could, I mean, it's a lineup we've, I mean, with Mane, we've seen Jota left in, in Diaz right. I don't know why, man. I just feel like we're going to see something weird like that. I, I think we're trying to get Mo more involved. I, it, I, I I'll stay. I, it's out there, but I'll stay with it. I think Jota left Mo central and, and Diaz right. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I feel like because there's a Champions League coming up, you might see something more crazy against Rangers at home since that game is at home, and do a lot more rotation on that one. I think we start pretty much in your lineup right there. Uh, maybe. Bobby or Jota for Nunez is the only change that I can see. I think we play it safe, play our best lineup in this league game, and then do some rotation and some of the, you know, pants changing crazy stuff from Bickler uh, on, you know, against in the Champions League on Wednesday. But score predictions. Let's do a score prediction then. Galley, shoot. Uh, it's two to one. I'm going to say we win it. It's not pretty, but we pull it out. Damn, man, you guys are really like downers tonight. Bickler. Yeah, it was going to be my score. Uh, I will go. Uh, I mean, I can't go 1 0 because I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. <laughs> so I'll go. I'll stay with Galley. I'll go 2 1. We'll be in the same depressing boat together. 
I'm expecting a thriller. I'm going with like a three-two. Ah, uh, much better. Game. You like that, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's three-one, and then it becomes three-two. So the last three minutes. Yeah, so we just your... hate ourselves going out of the match. And the exactly. Season. You have your doctor on like speed dial just in case in the last three minutes. But aside from that, it's you know like a win. I don't know. I'm thinking if we start our ideal lineup, having Hando and Thiago back in that midfield automatically will solve the problems we have in the back line. And I think Matip, if anything, you know, having Matip back is going to be huge, I think. So let me ask yeah. you guys this. When do we see Gomez next, Galley? Do we see him on Thursday against Rangers? I mean, Wednesday? Um, maybe, actually, yeah. I think Gomez probably does play against Rangers. But I'm going to tell you this. I've said it before. It's got to happen. Virgil van Dijk needs to sit down. He needs a breather. He mm -hmm. looked gassed for the Netherlands. I know he scored the late winner, but he didn't look good again for his country. And, like, he looks out of sorts. And a guy just can't play every minute of every match at the highest level and be responsible for keeping everything together. Because I think it weighs on him. And honestly, I've said it before. I hate when Virgil has the armband on because he never seems to play as well because he always seems to be focused on being everyone's captain instead of just being the leader at the back. And I, I honestly think it's sometimes why like Klopp will put Milner out there literally to close <laughs> out games so Virgil doesn't feel like he has to. And I, if you look at his numbers, like he doesn't seem to play as well. And it's just something about it. I just think he looks a little bit uncomfortable with the idea. And I think he just needs to focus on his guys and just work on the defense and lead that group and let the rest of the pitch be led by somebody else. I know it sounds stupid. It might be trivial, but I've seen it. And I, I, I think it's actual, like mentally, it's something that's real. And I think he's I going to need to sit. I don't know if we see that till Kanade comes back, though, right? I mean, I can't see, us, you know, he's played on the left, but I don't know if we're going to see Matip or Gomez play the left side. What do you think, Bickler? I mean, that's a good point. Uh, neither one of them have played left very often, but I mean, I mean, I'll continue my string of reckless hot takes tonight and just say that, like, if you take out that the 45 minutes for Zayax, if you take that 45 minutes off Gomez, I think that he's had a better season than Van Dyke. Uh, like if you look at the performances, I think that he's been as good, maybe marginally better than Van Dyke. I don't think it's a noticeable difference because I think they've both been, you know, subpar, uh, versus what we're used to seeing. But like, I'll, I'll go, Van Dyke has not looked good at all. Like, it, we're seeing him like he's he's conceded penalties on late challenges, he's arguably missed red cards because of late challenges. Like, he's just been so off of it. Like, not only positionally, but when he is in position. And that's the scary thing. Like uh, the silver lining that is he has looked like a force on set pieces for the first time in a while, which has been nice. But I mean, defensively, yeah, it's been scary. It's been real bad. And, and I know we miss Matip and we talk about it a lot, all the things he brings, especially going forward and like linking, you know, breaking the lines and, and really moving and starting the attack. But can we all just acknowledge too, we kind of miss the mountain of a man that is Kanate and his pace because he allowed for Trent to make mistakes down the end of last season. And you could almost see why they went and got him. I know Paul was talking about it in the summertime saying, you know, this isn't, this guy isn't Virgil's future partner. This guy's the future of the center of defense. Yeah. And, you know, maybe giving Gomez a five-year contract was Gomez, 
you know, doubling down saying, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be the guy, you know, lined up next to this mountain. And I plan to be here for the long haul with him. And, you know, who knows, maybe it's two, three more years of Virgil and not the five that we all expected. And I'm not saying we're writing him off and saying he's done, but these are legitimate questions around all kinds of players. And I think if we really went deep, we're having this question about Robertson. We're having this question at times right now about Trent. Like, there, there's so many players. I think you'd be more hard-pressed to get me three players in form than players that you have concerns about. And we couldn't have said that any point over the last two or three years. And if you had asked us at any point over the summer, if we thought we'd be talking about this on September 26th, we would all be lying if we said we did. Yeah, I think so. But I feel like, you know, when you have the pieces back, most common pieces back together, it will elevate everybody's game. And I still feel like Gomez got the raw end of the deal in that game, even though he had a horrific game. He was not the solo one to blame. And I feel like it kind of landed on him. And I like Gomez as a player. And I think he has the physical tools to fit the system. So I really think he has a future. I like him. I, I honestly would wouldn't mind him kind of like getting some playing time as like right back and stuff like that too, as he did in the past. Cause I thought he did well there last year. I don't know. I had to kind of like go back and think to what Bickler is saying, like look at more game by game. I know last season, I can definitely say Matt played a better season than Van Dyke, for example, uh, this season Gomez to Van Dyke. I don't know. I have to like, kind of like go back and look at it a bit more, but I think like, like I say, Gomez got the raw end of the deal after that game. I did not feel like it was all him. There were so many people there in the shitters that yeah. he should not be the scapegoat that we picked out of that one. But thanks to you. Were you about to say something, Bickler? Or that was... Yeah, sorry. I was just going to be depressing. It's fine. We can, no, go, we ahead. Can go ahead. I'm about to go no, back a bottle right now. So. I, I, we can close on a sunshiny <laughs> note. I was just going to say you, your argument about getting pieces back is all well and good, but let's look at the pieces. Like Jordan Henderson, 31 years old. Matip, 31 years old. Tiago, 32 years old. Like, I mean, you know what? So I, sorry. That's why I said we could just end no, on the sunshine. And, and that's that's the whole well, problem. Ox, Ox is going to be back, damn it. <laughs> Ox, is never, Ox is never coming back. I mean, Kata gets Kata gets sent home from oh, his, social media to reach him. I mean, literally. Rate, I'm, it's almost like envisioning Ox taking shots with me. He has a better Dimitri's shot. It's like he's back on Insta. I'll take it. Yeah, I think I think Ox has Step a better a chance time. of appearing. Ox has a better chance of appearing on this podcast than he does in a match in 2022. I was gonna say, yeah, I have a better shot of like having taking shots with him or drinking during the games than watching him play at this point. But hey, you never know. Gotta keep the hope alive, people. Well, gentlemen, thank you, Bickler. Thanks for joining us, even if it's late. Uh, Galley, thanks for being on time. We appreciate it. Um, and thanks to everybody, as always. Give us a like, share. A uh, bunch of stuff coming up on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Galley's fantasy tips and all that kind of stuff. I did not even want to go there this week because I think we've depressed ourselves enough uh, with Bickler today. So no need to go to fantasy to depress us further. Uh, you guys take care. I will see you guys tomorrow morning with the morning coffee. Grab your coffee and join me at 8 Central, 8 Central, 9 Eastern, right, Kelly? I'm to mute you? Like yeah, <laughs> let's do that. 9 Eastern, 8 Central, damn it. I'll be here with my coffee. Take care.